Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? And oh man, we're back in the studio. <laughs> you guys don't know this new studio looks like the Black Lodge. Yeah, Ooh. and I'm the I'm the the tiny man from Ooh. Twin Peaks. Yes. Ooh. Oh, I didn't want to. I, I actually ruined Twin Peaks for Marcus. Uh, at the end of Twin Peaks, it turns out there's three peaks. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, those are fun jokes. Um, right. uh, so today we're talking about, we're, we're switching from... Uh, well, who are we? We're the, they know who we are. No, man. You go through it. Uh, every, every, still every time. Every time. Because I am Ben Kissel. It's always someone's first episode, Ben. Welcome to the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Parks. Hi. With us, as always... <laughs> Henry Zabrowski. Thank you. I actually like hear you say it. I don't know why. Because you always say it with it just like the the weird like little flicks of rage that show up <laughs> in your eyeballs. Guys, we're getting spooky today. Yeah. Yes, we're talking about ghosts. That's what I wanted to get to in the first place. This is the Enfield pol- uh, Poltergeist. Stop playing Wipeout on your belly. Yeah, why? <laughs> I don't. Henry is wearing. Henry is wearing short shorts, but somehow they make you look more nude than if you were nude. It's because they're lavender. Mm. <laughs> lavender is the dirtiest color. Yeah, it is. So we're switching gears from a true crime to uh, to ghosts. Absolutely, we're going to be covering the Enfield Poltergeist. I am so excited for this. It's scary. Yeah. Well, the Enfield Poltergeist haunting occurred in the London suburb of Enfield from August of 1977 until April of 1979. It is by far England's most famous haunting and is one of the most documented poltergeist cases in history. This is Ooh. not a bullshit one like the Amityville Horror House. No. This is something that there's so many incredible witnesses, a lot of instances, many different every, many different types of poltergeist behavior, all of them some new shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's it obviously it's it's one of the most bona fide. Mm-hmm. So what happens here? Now this is a British ghost. Do they haunt you with meat pies and stuff like that? How, <laughs> does it change because it's over in the uh, in the UK? No, it's still well I mean it depends on uh, the voices that you listen to of course if mm. a voice comes through a little girl then the poltergeist is going to speak in a more British way that is hello one of the there, <laughs> you want a pot of tea. meanwhile in That's America hard. it's like hello there you want a 25 ounce or a do <laughs> I do want a 25 ounce or a do uh, you may know Enfield as the inspiration for the second Conjuring movie mm. but not surprisingly Ed and Lorraine Warren's claims of involvement are like most things with the Warrens Total bullshit. Boo. Huh. boo on the Warrens. Yeah, boo on these people. Well, they made a lot of money off of this stuff, that's Ooh, for sure. They made a lot of money. Now, most accounts place the Warrens at the site of the infield haunting for no more than a day, 
uninvited, mind you. Really? And even that just consisted of the classic Ed Warren, hey, how are you, let's make some money move that he was so well known for. It was actually the inspiration for Lilanis Morissette's song, Uninvited. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting. It's never a good day when the ghost hunters show up at your door just randomly. Yeah, just, Hi. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Place is haunted, huh? <laughs> Heard your daughter's gotten fingered in the night by a ghost. I bet we can make some whole cold, hard cash off of that off of these guys I know in fucking Vienna. Hi. Because <laughs> well, these are what I also love is in Conjuring 2 they made Ed Warren Patrick Wilson who is a gorgeous man oh he's wonderful and, Vi- yeah. and Vera Formiglia yeah Formiglia yeah She's she was great Lorraine Warren when in real life they the, the, the Ed and Lorraine Warren look like Pixar characters have come to life they look like they got like they both look like the grandfather from Up yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Well, The Conjuring 2, like, it's not even really a ghost movie. It's a superhero movie. It's a Christian superhero yeah, movie. that's exactly what it is. It's a Christian superhero yeah, movie. Kind of. I always just got, I, I thought it was a really great movie uh, to remind us how comfortable lazy boys are. <laughs> they, they showed that chair so damn much. I was like, I just want to be in it. Now, the only reason why the infield case was chosen for The Conjuring 2 was because Warner Brothers doesn't own the rights to most of the Warren case files. So they had to scrape the barrel a little bit for a story good enough to follow up the first Conjuring movie, which was fucking awesome. Which is really sad, though, because in real life, the actual story of the Enfield Poltergeist is a really compelling story. Basically, you got, like, a, a war-torn British family that's uh, going through a lot of turmoil, like, a, several girls on their menarches, their first periods coming out of them. You've got a, a mustachioed ghost hunter mm-hmm. that becomes a new daddy yeah. to the family, and it's very kind of sweet, and everybody loves a new daddy, because <laughs> old daddy always did something bad. I don't know how you wrong. describe this as kind of sweet in any way, but yeah. I think it's kind of a sweet story. It it is. All right, we'll get into it. Now, the only people who said the Warrens had a hand in the case were the Warrens themselves, and the girl who was the focus of the haunting, Janet Hodgson, who interestingly only mentioned them when she was interviewed for the DVD extras for The Conjuring 2. Ooh. Sort of like she was forced to by a contract <laughs> or paid to and I, one thing I will say about Ed, Ed Janet Hodgkins like later on she looks like that no matter what she's doing she has a gun to the back of her head yes. she looks haunted and fucked up yeah hmm. now all of the real information for our coverage of the Enfield Poltergeist comes from one of the main investigators himself Guy Playfair who wrote the book This House is Haunted about the whole incident what's your book about <laughs> This house is haunted. It's very on the nose. It's um, something very similar to when you have some sort of uh, Chinese or crayon delivery to, to your home and the fumes from the food, from the appetizers, they simply do not leave. No matter how much Febreze you use. What's your book about? <laughs> the remnants of these fumes. It's actually like, it's a super fun read, despite Guy totally not selling it at all in the preface. This is what he wrote. If you are not sated by all the horrors and occult titillations of books or films, such as The Exorcist and its host of imitators, and are still hungry for a more exotic thrill, then this book is not for you. (laughs) Readers may find some of it rather dull, and a not very good plot, and some terrible dialogue. I like the honesty. I would continue reading. But it's just all that he... Because they want to... Basically, these guys are hardcore amateur researchers mm-hmm. and they want you to uh, show you want to show the world just how serious they're taking this and it is a bit by bit recording of every single piece of activity that happened in that house oh yeah the account, like it. it gets a little tedious at times but that's sure. mostly because over the course of 19 months that they spent investigating this haunting 
Guy Playfair and his partner, Maurice Gross, recorded over 1,000 instances of poltergeist activity. Ooh, that's a lot of instances. It <laughs> is 1,000 of them. 1,000. Over 1,000. Wow. And all of the dialogue from the book is taken from his actual field recordings of the family. And this, this is what I want to say about this family. They are not TV ready. <laughs> I know. Well, in The Conjuring 2, they were quite attractive. Yeah, it's interesting what Hollywood does. It's, <laughs> How are they, they lying them, to it's us? It's like they give them breasts. Really? <laughs> yeah, slap breasts on all of them. But she's only 12. Let's yeah, put make, some breasts on her. Give me a six pack or something, maybe two. Now, whether you believe this story or not, all hinges on whether you believe Guy Playfair, Maurice Gross, the Hodgson family, their neighbors, and half a dozen other witnesses. Either way, it remains one of the most active, interesting, and at times, like we said, one of the sweetest poltergeist stories <laughs> ever recorded. It is. It's very Spielberg-y. Uh, what I'd also say, too, is that when you look this up, if you type it Enfield Poltergeist into Google, it's going to pop up hoax first. Yeah. There's a lot of people that try to describe this and debunk this story. We're going to take you through... It's all the information that we could gather about this haunting, and we're going to make you decide yeah. what, what sounds real to you. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's get to the haunting. Let's do it. I can't Whoa! wait. <laughs> I want to hear about all 1,000 of them. <laughs> now, the haunting began small, as these things usually do. On August 30th, 1977, the Hodgson family, consisting of Mother Peggy and children <laughs> Margaret, 14, Janet, 11, Johnny, 10, and Billy, 7, were going through a bit of a hard time. Now, one of the best part about the Hodgkin family is that they are like, they hit all of the British family stereotypes. Mm -hmm. You got old rag woman who washes <laughs> rags in a big basin all day. That's the mommy. You've got Margaret, the unspoken of child with the tiny mouth, right? Mm -hmm. There's always one older sister slumped over. Being like, I don't look at very much. You've got Janet, yep. the center of the activity, who's sort of like cross between lively daughter, like an Arya Stark, but also <laughs> mostly like a pesky orphan. She's like the type of person you be like, get out of here, and you toss a dollar to her and she runs out. Oh, right? that's kind of fun. You've got the sent away boy, mm -hmm. which is the brother that is not around because he's been sent away. He's, been, he's, sent, to, he's sent to boarding school and no one says why, why? he was sent no to boarding school. Why. No one had told yeah. Guy Playfair why. He just keeps saying over and over again, he was sent to boarding school for an unspecified reason which I was not privy to. It's just oh, him in front was, of a burning police station. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to brush his teeth and they didn't allow it. And, and, then, and then there's the unacknowledged one. Yeah, the last Billy. one, who's the Billy who's just like, hey guys, so if it, if it doesn't hurt no one, can I get a bit of attention? <laughs> I just go back to being a pickpocket then. That's it. He's like Donnie from Big Lebowski. Well, this is like, it's classic poltergeist stuff because there's a lot of turmoil in the house. Peggy's husband had left not too long before all the activity began. Uh, and this guy, he was showing up with the new woman in his life every time he came by to pay child support. Although, I'm not really sure why he had to come by the house to pay his child support every month instead of just mailing it in. It seems European. You, yeah. want, to, you want it to get there. Yeah. And, you know, he, want, he wants to look Billy in the eyes when he gives him that big money. And I don't want to shame anyone, but Peggy did sort of look like if you took Louis Anderson from baskets and deflated him. <laughs> like, and she does look oh, like that. Come on. She's, she's not, not bad. She's a rag woman. That's it's mean. She's a mother. She's she is a mother. a mother of four. Henry Zabrowski. She's a mother of four. She's a good woman. You got any rags? <laughs> well, don't you want a clean rag, Henry? What's family very much, and she is a wow. good woman, Henry. This is unbelievable. This is absolutely from Henry Zabrowski, Jesus, Henry. who loves his mother so much, <laughs> and now he's demonizing this British homemaker. All my dresses are gray, but they're so cute with rag water. <laughs> 
Well, the family was living in government-assisted housing, surviving on welfare and child support, which, of course, only added to the stress. The two daughters were also flowering, That is actually so a much more disgusting way of saying going through puberty. <laughs> which is, as we all know, among the most common causes of poltergeist activity. But nothing was like listening to thin-lipped poltergeist experts from the UK fucking paranormal society all being like and so yes the uh, the youngest lady was uh, at the moment of the inception uh-huh. of the uh, poltergeist activity um, had her menage her first pe- period came out of her crawling like a beast from the swamp well it's a wonderful natural thing so one night, Janet. <laughs> yes, 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 it is. Thank you, Kissel. No thank you, thank you, Mister. Thank we you, Mister. Sure. Like, are we still doing fucking dodgeball in six periods? <laughs> yeah. No, well, it's uh, yes, yes. Periods are the theme of the day. So one night, Janet and Johnny called to their mother to complain that their beds had been shaken. Peggy ignored it till the next night when she was called to their room once more. This time. The kids said that they had heard a shuffling noise, like someone had been dragging their feet across the floor while wearing slippers. And Peggy heard it too. And that sound was followed by four loud knocks. (laughs) (laughs) Knocks, not ham slaps. (laughs) (laughs) A person who's too poor to be a folk singer just, I came here to slap my body. My belly's a drum. Then the children's chest of drawers started sliding across the room towards the doorway, traveling about a foot and a half. Peggy pushed the drawers back, only to have it move again. You back there? You don't hear you move there again? All right, I've got rags and my water's getting warm. It's the opposite. You got cold water, it slowly gets warmer. I keep it cold so it don't wash as well. That is kind of crazy. Okay, enough of the rags. <laughs> well, the rags are an inter- integral part. When she tried pushing it back a second time, she found that she couldn't budget an inch. Mm. Understandably freaked out, the family decided not to bother her brother and his family who lived up the road, so they knocked on the door of their next door neighbors, the Nottinghams. It's the Nottinghams. Of course it is. <laughs> yes, it's always the Nottinghams. I think it's Nottinghams. Nottinghams? Nottinghams? Nottinghams. I'm, Nottinghams. Just gonna, just, I'm gonna be winging it with a lot of these pronunciations. Uh-huh. Well, Nottinghams, I mean, that's a, uh, a pseudonym. Uh, oh. Really, the only people that we know the actual name of is the Hodgsons, uh, mm. who were known as the Harpers in the book. It wasn't until much later that they came out and gave their real name. Guy Playfair was actually very good about not blowing up anybody's spot. Well, it's, but it's a little bit stereotypical, though, isn't it? You just the, called them the Nottinghams? <laughs> sure, yes. But it's also, honestly, the, but their spot had already been blown up because we're going to find out the first people they called as the reporters. But we'll get oh. yeah, but, that, but the reporters actually never revealed their names. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's which good. Is, yeah, that's good. I mean, that's Bad of course, reporting. I mean, well, <laughs> no, Ben, that's British uh, politeness. It's responsibility. British politeness. Yeah, it's <laughs> tabloids in the UK are horrible. It's a lot of full of nudes. <laughs> they have nudes in their tablets. That's what makes it better. It's actually know. not horrible. I don't know. Better. I don't know. Vic and his son went over to check out the house and said they heard hollow knocks following them throughout the house, despite not a single other person being present besides the two of them. I think it's hmm. interesting. And every single person that talked about Vic Nottingham, they all said the same thing, the same line. Uh, he was a builder, so he wasn't afraid of nothing. <laughs> Builders are tough. Wait, but at the same time. I think construction workers are always the first ones to get spooked in all the Abbott Costello movies. Scooby Doo, they're like, yeah, Can, they're tough though. They're up there. They're, they're not afraid of heights. I'll tell you that. Now this is very interesting. I, I just now discovered this. The difference between regular knocks and poltergeist knocks are 
audibly subtle, but the acoustic waves tell a different story. Mm. A 2010 study published in the Journal of Psychical Research compared the two types of knocks and made a fascinating discovery. They found that the regular knocks started at full amplitude and tapered off, meaning the peak of the sound wave was at the very beginning. Okay, we're getting into sound waves. We're getting into sound waves. Wow. Like, you know, when you do like... The sound is like you just look at that. Is that an empty knock? That's that is a regular knock. That's, that's a, a real knock. knock. That, that's okay. a regular knock. I'm not stoned enough to completely understand sound waves. <laughs> no. We do have to do an entire new podcast, Knock Talk, and we will get into knocks. But the poltergeist knocks show a different kind of sound wave with the peak coming after the sound has already begun, kind of like the seismograph readings an earthquake gives off. Secondary knock. Second, well, it's not a secondary oh, knock. It's just it's, how the knock, the knock flows. Yeah, the knock begins before <laughs> the top of the knock hits. Top of the knock. So it's like, instead of being like, it's like, weird. Man, only the most lonely person with headphones could ever understand what that means. Because I can see more. Wait, you mean I just, me? I am yes. legitimately confused on if this is an interesting conversation. <laughs> but it is. I am. It's this a is, lot of knock talk. This is fascinating. The knock acoustic talk. signatures are different. Okay. It's, I just see you at home with your headphones that are even bigger than the ones you have here. Comically like large. Being comically yes. large. Being like, I can really hear it. <laughs> Caroline is just scared in the other room, just, just smoking a pickle. <laughs> No, no, no. This is my fourth pickle today. He's talking about Knox again. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. I'm, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses Filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay, because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt and not only are you going to get the judge reinhold sitting on the clydesdale entire series clothes and non-clothes what we also are going to offer and i mean this we're trying to get into draft rides i brought this up the other day we got to start riding other animals but horses take pictures of the horses photoshop the horses into other celebrities but stop riding them save a horse ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go ahead to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says right here, what would you do of another extra hour of your day? I mean, well, obviously I'd get some nunchuck training in. Oh, I'd make love to my wife. That takes about nine. That's a full nine minutes of that hour. And then I would probably uh, go to get a donut. And then 
I'd probably yell at my parents. But a lot of us wish we had more time. The question is time for what? I don't know. What works for you? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. And therapy can help you find out what matters to you so you can do more of it. You know that question? They're like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? You know, and like, you know, when I answer, it's of course I would grind the government to a standstill with my giant machine of my making in secret for many years. But a lot of people get mad at that. And it's really hard to do that in a job interview or like when you're meeting somebody's like your significant other's parents for the first time. So, and you might actually want to think of starting therapy. So give BetterHelp a try. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-A-S-T-P-O-D. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Now, I love Babbel, and I love what they're doing for the people of America. But I went on there to find out if I could learn Fremen in order for me to go and harness the desert power that it would take to finally get the raids of the sand planet Arrakis. Uh, but they said they only offer real languages and uh, stuff that can really help people travel. I think that's mostly what Babbel's looking to do. They didn't really, like, I called customer service and I asked me, like, well, how can I possibly harness the power of a million Fremen? And they said, please, sir, stop calling. And I said, but I, I'm doing an ad for you currently while we're on the phone. And Babbel, you know what? God love them. They helped me learn German. And in the end, they, they were right. Because German's a lot more useful. Here's a special limited time deal for listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. So after hearing the knocks and finding nothing, the Harper's at a loss, called the police, while one officer was sensibly checking out the plumbing. Yeah. Sometimes a big turd in there, you'll fuck up everything. Not to say you didn't create in front of the children, but sometimes if you squeeze out a big, long fucking piece of shit out of yourself and get it all gobbed up in the fuck up. You get the feeling that if they called him over for like a, uh, you know, an armed robbery or something, he'd be like, I'm going to go check the toilet. I don't know. I always just go check the I mean, toilet It's first. just him shitting. They, they took our television. I'm going to go make sure there's nothing in the toilet. Well, he was checking out the plumbing. The other cop, along with everyone else in the room, saw a chair wobble from side to side before it slid four feet across the floor. And what makes this case different than any other poltergeist case that I've ever really read about is that this cop not only saw this, but wrote an official report Mm -hmm. saying that she saw this chair slide across the ground. And I watched an interview with her, and she immediately was like, this is not a person that, just to look at her, like honestly, she's just not going for attention. This obviously was 
brought a lot of negative attention to yeah. her. She was immediately made fun of. It discredits you. This is the problem with the paranormal world in general. Look at me. How I've been discredited. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a I've victim. Said, things I believe what in. What a victim. We always say that. So the chair was wobbly. Chair was... But that's wasn't just no, The chair moved four feet across the floor. It wasn't just wobbly. It moved four feet across the floor. All right. Get on it. <laughs> Sit on it. This is like a Disney movie. Wee, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, all these things do at first start off pretty innocent. They start off, you know, very uh, calm, uh, and then they escalate. Why didn't the police light up the chair? Shoot it because it's not America, and they don't have guns. Yes, and thankfully, I mean, because also they found out the chair was painted white. Ah, I see. But since no crime had been committed and no perpetrator could be found harassing the Hodgsons, the police left. And the activity only escalated from there. Well, the next day. <laughs> Do you wonder if the toilet was clogged? The, to- the toilet was not clogged. All right, good. The, plumbing, the knocking wasn't coming from the plumbing. Their, sh- their shit was so thin from how much like bone broth that they <laughs> ate. Uh, every I okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just asking questions. The next day, Johnny's marbles and his Legos started flying through the air, seemingly of their own volition. Peggy's father came over, picked up one of the marbles that had hit the bathroom door, and found that the marble was hot to the touch. <laughs> i got to say, these marbles are as hot as my marbles were when I met your mam. <laughs> kind of a gross Oh, yeah, winner. she gripped uh, me. He gripped me good, your father I did. I don't think we want to get into all that. After three more days of flying marbles... Peggy called the Daily Mirror, thinking that they might have some idea of who to get a hold of to check all this out. And this actually has precedence now. When we look at uh, trailer trash here in America, when you look at people, that is not an appropriate term say. for individuals who reside in trailers. But like uh, <laughs> we talk about window invader, like the guy, the famous. We have like, we have a lot of famous eyewitnesses in mm-hmm. this country. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they, they did the same thing, being like they'll put us on the TV. Yeah, like, they're gonna come and like we'll so tell so the whole world about these ghosts, and everyone's gonna be like, oh shit, ghosts. It did seem like. <laughs> they wanted attention. No, right? it's not well, that. Why would it's you that contact the Daily Mirror? Because they want somebody to do something about it. Yeah. Okay. And the cops the cops wouldn't do anything. All of this activity is happening. Uh, they knew that sometimes uh, newspapers covered ghost stories, and they thought that maybe the Daily Mirror might have somebody uh, that they could contact, or at the very least, publicize their case so somebody who might have an idea on how to make this stop mm-hmm. might see the uh, news story. We'll publish this right between the nudes and the story about how Prince Charles hasn't ejaculated in 30 years. But this is before <laughs> the Daily Mirror was complete trash. This is yeah. when it was coming up. It was okay. like coming up the line. And, right. and also, you have to understand, these are also not bright people. Mm. Well, these are, this is not... A, you these are not. So? No, absolutely not. Well, you're going to hear more details that show that information. Yeah, functioning well, functioning I mean, plumbing, from what I understand. Street smart. Oh, okay. I don't even know if it's that. <laughs> you can't just say because somebody's dumb. <laughs> They're street smart. smart. I like that. Well, I mean, yeah, Peggy showed some deductive reasoning later on. Sure. Well, Peggy called the Daily Mirror. She thought maybe they could help him out, but instead the Daily Mirror smelled a story and sent out a reporter, Douglas Bentz, and a photographer, Graham Morris, out to investigate. Cool. But nothing happened, at least until the reporters gave up and left. As soon as they left, marbles and Legos started shooting around the room again, and the reporters were called back before they even reached the street. Hmm. And as the photographer was snapping photos, a Lego brick flew towards him and smacked him hard enough in the face to leave a bruise that lasted a week. Now, That's it, fun. It does sound like a dumb, small thing, but if yeah. you've ever had a little brother or a little sister whip a Lego at you, <laughs> oh, it'll which hurt. I've had Jackie do, yeah. it hurts. Yeah, four corners on a Lego. Well, the only people who could have thrown the Lego from that angle were the other reporter 
and one of the Nottinghams. Ooh. Yeah. And I think, and that's the one thing that Playfair also hits in the book a lot, where he keeps saying it over and over again, which is what does make it a difficult <laughs> book to read, but being like, these things are flying around, and nobody is near where they're coming from. Yeah. They are coming from other sides of the room, they're materializing from the t- from the ceiling, they're they're coming up from crazy angles, and they're going really fast. And, right. so, and the thing is that you'd see somebody throw it that fast. You yeah. don't think a cat could do it? <laughs> I I I'm, I'm asking that question. There were no cats. No there was no cats. There. No, cat. no, the cat was boiled. Cat. For, it was boiled on their Thursday boil night. Oh, I see. All right, this well, is I the UK. All, all right, they, okay. they boil whatever's around to eat. Okay, well, you never know what a cat's up to. Well, the reporters came back a couple days later with a senior reporter in tow, a man named George Fallows. According to Peggy, he was the first person to ever say the word poltergeist Ooh. in her presence. Cool. God bless you. <laughs> God bless you then. You know oh, is it? Your place is haunted. This house is haunted. God bless you then. <laughs> now, Fallows explained to Peggy that often poltergeist activity centers around girls going through puberty. Now, after Fallows patiently explained to Peggy what the word puberty meant. Yeah, she knew what the word she puberty meant. She absolutely she did, not did not know How what the word they, puberty meant. She a grown woman with four children didn't know what did puberty meant? Did not know went. what puberty meant. She didn't know. She was like, oh, she mean when Jenna gets the splatters? You know what? Street smart. Street smart. <laughs> Even yeah. people on the street understand something's happening to her. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. But she did. I mean, she knew what puberty was. She just didn't know the word puberty because once <sighs> Fallows patiently explained what he meant by puberty, she confirmed that Mark the oldest had flowered the previous March. Oh yeah, she's oh. Getting, she's getting a drip. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's getting a drip just like me and your grandmama, unfortunately. Uh, right. <laughs> That's fine then. The reporter then tried to trick Peggy by asking her if she was interested in moving, as people like Peggy, who lived in government-assisted housing, a lot of times claimed houses were haunted in order to get a new place. Mm. But Peggy had no interest in leaving the house she'd lived in for 12 years, so Fallows suggested she contact the Society for Psychical Research. Ooh, the Society for Psychical Research? That sounds like a lot of suspenders and a lot of khaki pants. You are correct, <laughs> but they are thorough researchers. Uh-huh. And this was one of the last bastions of like 1800, like in, in the UK specifically. They, it came over to America for a little bit, but the obsession with the supernatural and the paranormal and the idea of cold, reasoned men and women going out there and doing their due diligence and to research it as unexciting as possible. Yeah, you do get the feeling when they're driving in traffic, they're just like, slow down. Everyone needs to slow down. Well, let's let a very British woman named Mary Rose Barrington explain to us just what the SPR is. Ooh, cool. The Society for Psychical Research was set up in 1882 to investigate those faculties of man, real or supposed, that are not explicable on any generally recognized hypothesis. It doesn't have any fixed ideas or opinions, and anyone can be a member whether they actually believe in paranormal phenomena or not, but of course obviously most of us do are convinced that there is some reality in these things. Just spice it up for a second. (laughs) Yeah, just get a little bit interesting, please. If you spiced it up, Henry, that would... Make it undignified. I don't care. You must keep it with the, the most utmost of dignity Entertain at all times. <laughs> Entertain me. Dame Edna and Julia Childs. That's what she sounds like, a combo. <laughs> now, although the SPR had been a fixture of the paranormal community for almost 100 years by 1977, almost none of its members were interested in actually going out into the field to face a poltergeist head-on when the infield case was brought to their attention. 
None that is except Maurice Gross. I love yes. this guy. He's like a Vincent Price character. Yeah. He has a real motive. He's out there. He lost his daughter. He's going to look oh. for these ghosts. And also, he looks like a boss munchkin. <laughs> he looks like the head of the lollipop guild. He's got the silliest mustache in the world. Sounds like someone will frighten a ghost. He looks like he commandeers a steampunk zeppelin. <laughs> I like him. Now, Maurice Gross was a fairly successful inventor who had a lifelong interest in the paranormal, particularly concerning the question of what happened to a person's spirit when they died. Mm. The interest only grew after his daughter Janet died in a motorcycle accident in 1976, mm. fueled by a series of strange coincidences immediately following her death. Just before she died, Janet had sent her brother a birthday card with a humorous illustration of a person with a head injury. The text read, I was going to send you a bottle of toilet water for your birthday, but the lid fell on my head. That is actually a base song. Again, it's, at the time, there was a drought happening in the UK, and so this was a very topical That's birthday funny. card. It's like saying if you if we had sent a card and trying to explain to being like, your age is just too damn high, and then you have to explain. Uh, yes, there was so a the one rent, point during yeah. the mayoral race, and there was a man who right. was famous saying the rent is right. too damn high. Well, I thought toilet water was what they called cologne. What? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, no, bre- no. no they, it was explained in a book. Oh. It, was a, it was a... It was a what? Yeah, toilet water no, is what they... To, to, no, you're yeah, talking about Oude Toilette. Toilet. Yeah, that's a bad water. Toilet. No, that is yeah, not. That's no, to- I was about to throw my headphones at you. <laughs> no, 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 that's like a French like term for fancy water. No, I, I, I heard, heard the you, toilet man, water was what they called cologne. No. The English call it... I'm going to Google toilet water. Wow. Wow. Google toilet water. Yeah. Wow, it's all about the plumbing and toilet water here on this Poltergeist episode of the last podcast on the left. Dictionary, toilet water, a dilute form of perfume. Wow. Henry, 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 you lose, lose, lose. I just have Marcus never Parks heard that for the victory. I'd like to see a panel wow. of people from the UK tell us that they call it toilet water. The internet just did. Yeah. That the is internet the is filled with lies. Well, yeah, fake most news. of them you believe. <laughs> Not fake news. Not fake news. Toilet water is perfume. Now, Janet's... <laughs> I don't know if I want to wear it, but... Now, Janet's personal inscription on that card read... And there won't be much of that left soon either. Talking about her head. Yeah, no, he, it's talking about... It was not talking about her head. It was talking about water. It no, it's ta- talking about the head. No, but the lid Marcus fell on my head. head. Oh, my no, goodness. But the lid no, fell it, on my I head. I am so close to be, nerd alert in this entire conversation. Was, no, no, no. Water. I was going to it send you a bottle water. of toilet water. We've got a nerd alert. We've got a nerd alert. We've got a nerd alert. Context says that there won't be much left of that either. She was pointing towards the head. She was... You meant about the water. It was not. She's not a comedian. Well, you know what? No, it's Why, that, but that's the could, thing. What Why if it was would a there, double meaning? Th- I'm going to say it was a double meaning. We're going to end the conversation. No, absolutely not. Because we have to, we have to, we have to get to the haunting, and you guys are arguing over cologne is toilet water, and what the heck she's talking about in the stupid birthday card before she dies. Well, in the first of many coincidences, Janet's cause of death was indeed head injuries. Because there wasn't much. It's a motorcycle accident. No, no, yes, it's we got the water. It. I'm sure there's some knee injuries and shoulder it's injuries. It's a water choke. Yeah. Then a broken clock, identical to the one the Grosses owned, that belonged to a friend, suddenly started working the day of Janet's death and stopped at 4:20. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Legalize it. Yeah, yeah, that's my. 26 life. billion dollars could be made federally. <laughs> and 4:20 is just about the time in which Janet died. Ooh. Then, on the day of Janet's funeral, Maurice asked for a sign that his daughter might still be around in some form or another. He thought a good sign might be rain, as the area had indeed been caught in a drought for months. This is what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah, well, I'll concede that it was in a drought, but 
It's what was a joke about the trout. Nonetheless, can you imagine though if he asked for a sign that his daughter was still alive and she just stood up in her casket and was just like, I'm burning down here. (laughs) He's like, never mind. I don't want to know. Sorry. (laughs) Go back. And the day after the funeral, Maury saw that the roof below Janet's bedroom was wet while the rest of the roof was bone dry. Ooh. Ooh. Maurice wrote down his experiences, presumably to deal with his grief, submitted it to the SPR, and applied for membership soon after. It wasn't long until George Fallows called about the Enfield case, which involved a little girl with the same name as Gross's deceased daughter. And if it's you know all anyth- coming together. But if you know anything about magical thinking, this idea of synchronicities popping up all the time, mm-hmm. I, and that's mm-hmm. a, that is a part of what they talk about the SPR, and the, and the, and the idea of a, <laughs> a, a true, weird, spiritual moment, or a, a non-physical, like, mental trail. Like, this this kind of, the idea is that the universe is, like, taking you here. It's yeah. Kind of fun. It's like when you break up with a girl, and then you, all you do is see her name everywhere. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Huh. It's kind of hmm. interesting. Weird. Remember that? <laughs> we ever do that? Just spelling in the spaghetti, and meanwhile, but then you're just hacking at the spaghetti no, with a butcher's no, knife. No. I love spaghetti. And within an hour of receiving that phone call, Maurice Gross pulled up to the front driveway of the Hodgson residence, and he would be a central part of their lives for another 19 months. So now this guy, I mean, he really did not have a lot going on. He was right. He was ready to go. I he, mean, this was it was his hobby. It was like pretty okay. much nights and weekends. He was an inventor, so he was a self-made man. He pretty much wrote his own ticket. Does yeah. He, not to reference the big Lebowski again, but does he look like the guy who's trailing Jeffrey Lebowski, the heavy set guy? No, he's a he's a little taller and lankier than okay. that. Yeah, yeah, and he's just got a, a funny mustache, and he truly believes in what is happening in this house. Yeah. That's a part of mm. what it is. Is as soon as, that's that's the mark of how crazy the the fucking activity was in that mm. house is that he showed up and things are just flying around like drawers are opening like bathroom doors are opening closing and it it, it seems it's like pandemonium in there it's like at the uh it's in like poltergeist mm-hmm. when he opens the door and it's just the whole place is just <laughs> swirling in there we're going to find out that this is also Piltergeist's loosely based off of this story. Well, yeah, it's yeah. A, this and another story. They, they kind of meshed them together. Yeah. Sure. Now, it took three days in the Hodgson house for Gross to have his first experience with the entity. In the middle of the night, Gross and three men from the Daily Mirror heard a crash from Janet's bedroom. When they opened the door, they found that a chair had boosted forward four feet and it spun backwards Ooh. to make sure Janet was asleep and... Not the perpetrator of the chair boosting. Gross opened her eyelids to find her eyes rolled backwards, as the eyes do when one is in a deep sleep. Okay. He also lifted her arm and let it drop and gave her head a little poof. Ooh, and then he called a WWE ref over. And he counted her out a 10 count. Yeah. By all measure, Janet was fast asleep, as... Pretty much the Hodgson's were all ridiculously hard sleepers. I think it comes from the, the gentleness of life of, of being a little simple. I think <laughs> that they can just... Janet was the most clever one, but the way he talks about how he tried to wake them up, because he did a lot of this stuff. He's just like, check to see if they're asleep. And then just playing yeah. with their eyeballs and like shaking them and stuff, and they're still like, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like in What About Bob when they're trying to wake him up out of the bed and then the alarm goes. It's always that. Now, after a couple more weeks of standard poultry Geist activity, uh, which Gross hadn't directly seen himself yet. He just kind of heard things from other room. Uh, Janet would come up and say, hey, this pillow flew across the room. Uh, Gross attended a meeting of the SPR and announced he was in the middle of a case and could use some help. 
Luckily for him, Guy Playfair, author of This House is Haunted... What's it about? Was, <laughs> ...was in the audience. But it would still be a little while before Guy Playfair would join the fray, as Playfair had just finished another book and was and had planned a nice little holiday for himself. It's oh. definitely like a movie, because when he was talking with Maurice, he immediately was like, well, I'll come and I'll stay for like a day or so, or maybe three or four days. Then it turned into 19 months. Mm-hmm. That Gross also got incredibly sick during one whole second of it for like two to three months he was sick yeah and then he was like all right this is your case now mm-hmm. and he's stuck in there and i mean maurice gross is like a charming man he's like a sweet fun like grandpa like guy play for is not charming he's a little like hello yeah <laughs> i heard he's dull he's a paranormal author yeah i can imagine <laughs> and when gross returned to the hodgson home he finally saw the entity at work for the first time marbles zoomed through the air past his head appearing as if they were coming from behind the children hmm. he then heard peggy say from the other room there's a noise in the bathroom Oh. When Gross walked over, he saw the bathroom door open and close on its own four times, followed by a sudden cool breeze, as often happens in Poltergeist cases. Hey, Maurice, yeah. why are you here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's another noise in the bathroom. That's kind of funny. That's what I did. That's I made good. it. I made the noise myself. <laughs> yeah, they do just, I mean, ghosts just act like drunks. They just act like sailors. Just you know? throwing things yeah. around, opening and closing doors. Well, they're fun. they're often, oftentimes compared to children. Mm-hmm. They're like childlike yeah. ghosts. They are looking for attention in some way. What it seems like, what they say a lot of times is that with, with poltergeist activity, the hypothalamus of the person who's the center of the poltergeist activity like fires up. So essentially, it's either an entity or just random energy that is using a chunk of our brain as an amplifier, like sort of like a wi- Wi-Fi router. Yeah. And then all marbles. of a sudden, it's just throwing things around the house. If you could... Uh, if you could train it to turn on the TV, this is before remote controls. They had remote controls in Did the they? late 70s. Oh, yeah. Huh. Well, I also think you could train the ghost to do it. <laughs> Get him cooking. Well, the funny thing, you say that poltergeists are like children. Uh, the funny thing about that is that poltergeist activity activity becomes more and more sophisticated as time goes on. Almost as if the like energy... filling out the New York Times crossword puzzle? No, they're not filling out the New York Times crossword puzzle, no. but the things that they do uh, become more and more difficult. And, and complex. They, complex, and they start to communicate a lot more. And the more you communicate with them, the better they get at it, almost as if they're learning. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy, thanks to Bark. It's because dog can't give you its opinion. But every month we deliver dogs and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. And then the dog shows you what they like. It's incredible. Only I could teach Wendy to use an iPad. She's so resistant. She scratches it up, barks at it, barks at me. But if she could use it, she'd order BarkBox for herself. At Bark, we send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. And for a limited time, we'll double your first box for free. How about that? Wendy loves her little toys. Carmi has become quite a terrorist when it comes to her toys. And she's a murderer. She rips these things up. But, you know, we got some high quality, tough toys from BarkBox. And she absolutely loves them. And our family could not be happier. (laughs) And if you just want a slice of this joy, you got to go to BarkBox. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash left. That's right. You can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash L-E-F-T for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Yeah. Very key. You got to communicate clearly. 
All these emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. It's like you're Captain Kirk and Grammarly is Data. And you're kissing a lady on another planet. And Data is just trying to make sure you write better. Better writing means a stronger impact. And Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It did begin to understand when I was yelling and when I was doing bits versus me, because I do use Grammarly, and it's nice, but I will also say Grammarly does will do the thing where it's like, um, I think maybe you missed a little comma, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I know. Thank you, Grammarly. Like, thank I get it. Yes. But still, like, maybe we could just think about what I'm going through today, right? But Grammarly really does help. Because that's what we all need. A stern teacher with glasses and uh, little buckled shoes. That's Grammarly to me. That's what I see. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you want to set your child up for success? Yeah. So they can do some work finally for once, right? You sit around, they're just playing with their blocks, with their iPads, not bringing any money into the house. What a sham. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework and you find yourself too dumb to help yourself? It's easy with IXL Learning. It's an online learning program. It's for kids. You'll end up learning stuff yourself because adults don't know anything anymore. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Honestly, I feel like a lot of children could benefit from IXL learning. I think a lot of adults could benefit from IXL learning because learning gets pumped right in your home. They don't have to go to an elementary school like Adam Sandler did and Billy Madison because that is not yet accepted by society. All right. So you make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And last podcast on the left, listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash left. Visit IXL.com slash L-E-F-T to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. After the marble incident, Gross saw Janet walk into her bedroom, followed by three marbles smashing into the door as she walked through. And the strangest thing about the marbles is that when they hit the floor, they didn't bounce nor did they roll. Hmm. They stayed exactly where they landed as if they were made of metal and the floor was a magnet. Cool. It's really interesting and they kept trying to recreate it too, which is kind of... Yeah, they kept... Yeah, they just kept trying to throw marbles at the floor all night long. It's a great house to be a kid in. (laughs) I would love to be one of the the seven-year-old. This is fun. I think we're going to get to the fact that admittedly the two little girls, Janet and Margaret, did say that they did fake some things. They They said they faked about 2%. Yes, but what I think what happens is is that it is a lot of fun. I think that they are are now in the middle of this thing and they don't... We're going to get to how much it destroys their lives Mm -hmm. and how much they want to keep Morris Gross around because New Daddy is there and everybody's happier when New Daddy's around. Yeah. Sure. Now it was fairly obvious by this point that Janet was the focus of the activity and would and would be for the next nineteen months. This, of course, led the debunkers to claim that an eleven-year-old girl was just playing a ridiculously elaborate trick on everyone for almost tr- two years straight. Hmm. 
But, like we said, it is true that Janet got caught faking once or twice, but that does not automatically discount every instance, especially since these events, as we'll find out, were witnessed by multiple people. And in fact, the debunkers hmm. on this case are surprisingly weak. Yes, because really? the, the witnesses are really strong. You yeah. literally, we have uh, reporters, we have... Uh, police officers. We have psychiatrists. They're going to come in and see some weird, crazy shit. And they're We've the bunkers. Got a, yes, we got ventriloquists. Oh, yeah. and gonna you come can't in. trust a ventriloquist. Magicians. And uh, nothing's more trustworthy than a man who tricks you with cards. <laughs> Well, the best that debunkers can do is to say that people are stupid and eyewitnesses can never be trusted. Now, I will agree, eyewitnesses are notoriously unreliable when it comes to singular events. Mm -hmm. But when there are over a thousand events witnessed by multiple people over nearly two years, it gets a little harder to write off. Yes, yeah. and the fact that Maurice Gross and Peggy uh, Peggy Hodgson never asked for money. No, nope. uh, they uh, both it technically and it ruined their lives. This yeah. whole this whole thing it bankrupted Maurice Gross. Yeah. He, he sort of lived the rest of his life defending the work that he did here because yeah. this would become, I mean, everything that he's known for. It's kind of sad. The Warrens got all the credit for this thing, huh? Yeah. In well, The Conjuring too. At least now, yeah, in The Conjuring uh. too. I mean, the debunkers, the best they can do is they just go, nah, nah, like, nah, I don't, nah. Let's no. go to the bar. <laughs> now, I mean, as far as the other reasons for them faking it, you know, it could be said that Maurice Gross was doing it to deal with the death of his daughter. Definitely. You know, Guy Playfair had a book to write. Yes, you even know, though he constantly said, oh, I didn't want to write a book. Yeah. And you're constantly like, well, you just keep that. The, well, the more you say it, the more it sounds like you wanted you to, want write to write a book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Janet was doing it for the attention, uh, and Peggy was doing it to think about anything else but her husband sleeping with a young her ex-husband sleeping with a young girl. and the rags well, piling up <laughs> well I know she's got a lot to do Janet's also obviously the smartest person in that house the 11 even year as old. an 11 year yeah. old girl yeah like, she's very clever everybody else is pretty dim they, every, uh, only because it's like I mean Peggy just kind of comes from working class neighborhood in UK she's just not she just doesn't have that kind of faculty to, I think to organize <clears throat> this type of this long of a hoax well, and Janet is, 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 is kind of stuck in this kind of being held back by did this they, family. Did they try to throw away the marbles? Well, we'll find out exactly. Okay, because yeah. I would throw those marbles away. They tried that with disastrous consequences. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, at any rate, author Guy Playfair decided to join the case after a front-page story in the Daily Mirror and a radio appearance by Peggy Hodgson and Mrs. Nottingham in which the neighbor said she saw an impression on Janet's bed as if someone either was or had been lying there. Yeah, her ex-husband. Even though there had been nobody in the room. What are you talking about, her ex-husband? It was tiny little lump, too. It's a baby lump. Oh, this is Janet's bed. Yeah. Ah, uh, not Peggy's bed. No. Forget about it. And the impression is not going to be there for years afterwards. The mental impression. <laughs> yeah, because you imagine what that builder's weird body was like oh, making no. those poor children. I heard he's a brave guy. Now, when Guy Playfair showed up in mid-September of 1977, the mood in the house was so tense that just the appearance of a daddy long legs in the kitchen caused what he described as an Unreasonable panic. Oh. I understand. <laughs> Daddy Longlegs are kind of creepy. I love them. Okay. Problem was, nothing happened in Playfair's presence, at least at first. So, in an effort to catch Janet, as Playfair wasn't convinced yet, he and Gross made a big production of going down the stairs. And then they snuck back up again. This is how they thought to fool the kids. <laughs> As they were like, all right, going downstairs for the night. That's a good idea there, guy. I guess we should do that. Yep. 
down the stairs we go. <laughs> and then they would go start clamming together coconuts like Monty Python. <laughs> and then they would walk back up silently. Oh, I see. Like like criminals in a Sherlock Holmes play. <laughs> now that's when the marble dropped, just as it had before. Straight to the floor with no bouncing or rolling, this time right in front of Playfair. And mm. This is when he, he tried to replicate it. Over and over and over again, just dropping the marble on the floor over and over again in the middle of the night. But he this couldn't make f- it happen. This is a fun little game I like to play called the silly little dropping game. <laughs> I sometimes uh-huh. like to uh-huh. call it dropping the metal baby. <laughs> Why? Menage. <laughs> and I, I, sorry, I was the first thing I was thinking of was how yeah. everyone had their menages in here. This is where Scooby would get scared. Oh. <laughs> Well, this is when Guy Playfair decided that this case was worth sticking around for. And Playfair invited the Daily Mirror photographer back for another go-round to see if he could capture proof. But they found when they set up the state-of-the-art equipment, all three of the flashbulbs failed to go off. Mm. And this would be a running theme in the infield poltergeist haunting, just as it is with most other poltergeist cases. Electronics and mechanical objects just don't work as they should around poltergeist activity. Interesting. And as with most of this stuff, this can be taken either as proof that paranormal activity is afoot or proof that nothing is going on and all these people are just lying about their equipment malfunctions. And right. I think it just comes down to what you believe in. If you, if you believe in it or not. And I think that <clears throat> what we have talked about before with UFO cases specific, sometimes with ghosts, it is a very personal experience. Yeah. They just talk about the vibe in that house. Everybody who talks about the Enfield house, where where they were, they said it felt strange. Yeah. It felt like there was somebody in there. It felt like they were being watched all the time. They walk around. It's a very hmm. personal experience. Being haunted, like being abducted, is more of a weirdly personal, psychedelic experience than anything else because it's the activity's coming from inside of your brain. Like yeah. acid, like you're tripping on acid. Yes, and it's a little girl is projecting her reality out onto a bunch of people in a room and are kind of subjected to it, like subjected to her trip. It's very interesting, but I think yeah. it, uh, that's, you can really only see the haunting from inside of it. There should be a camera company that makes com- cameras that can hold up to a poltergeisting. I mean, is they, poltergeisting a term? I think we can make it one. Poltergeisting. So is this how you're going to CEO a company? You're just going to say stuff being like, we need candy cane shoes. <laughs> can you, you guys do that? Love, yeah, of you course. Do that. You lick them off of yourself at the end of the night. <laughs> So soon after the photographer incident, the first of many disturbing events involving a pillow occurred. Ooh, One night. <laughs> many disturbing events with pillows. I know, house. but we're not talking. This isn't your origin story, so it won't be so disgusting. And one night, Playfair and Peggy noticed an indentation on a pillow that appeared to be the same size and shape as a child's head, even though no one had been laying there. Ooh. After seeing this, Peggy decided that the ghost was definitely a child, and she had good reason for thinking so, because years earlier, down the street, a four-year-old girl had been smothered to death by her father, who killed himself right after. Wow. The reason why Peggy thought that the spirit had settled into their house was because she, having been acquaintances of this family, had acquired some of their furniture. (laughs) Don't take the furniture! (laughs) So she died on this couch. Just run... Can we have it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can just take it then. You can take it. It's totally haunted. Yeah, it's gonna ruin your life. That's great, but it's free. Yeah, you can take it. (laughs) And I can squat all over it. Yeah, it's gonna ruin your life. It's totally haunted. Great. Yeah. (laughs) Now, once the activity started, she threw all that furniture out. Good. But she was convinced that the spirit had stayed behind. 
And speaking of Peggy's sensitivity, she said she could always tell when the poltergeist was about to make trouble as she'd get a headache in the same spot in her head right before everything went to hell every time. And mm. I gotta tell you, it's different than any other pains, me got. Yeah, I got hook feet. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I got Sunday ankles. There's everything down there. I got raglong. <laughs> Hold on. Oh, you got raglong. I got raglong from the fibers. <laughs> from the fibers of all the rags you clean. Always scraping and digging it. Just at the hard stains on the rigs. Well, yeah. I never heard of that before. Well, it's because you're not a rag woman, are you? <laughs> I'm not. I didn't even know there, that was a job. I did not know that. And the activity wasn't just specific to the Hodgson house. Once, when the Hodgson family was down the street at Peggy's brother's house, a plastic rod from a toy suddenly materialized in front of Peggy's sister-in-law as she was pouring tea. And that is one of the most rare hmm forms of poltergeist activity and it happens a lot following them it just pops up it follows her it follows janet yeah it follows janet it follows janet but not too far which we'll find out later that's the interesting thing is that it follows janet but it only follows her so far hmm it's kind of cool like wi-fi you're janet again it's like wi-fi yeah oh now then came the apparitions seen not just by playfair gross or the hodgson's but neighbors as well the brother saw the first one. He saw a light a foot tall burning in the Hodgson's window, which slowly faded away. That is crazy. The idea of walking into a house, because he walked over in one house, and there was just, it looked like a, a floating fluorescent bulb was mm-hmm. just in front of him. Now, Ooh, a hip house. In that same day, both Vic Nottingham and Peggy saw an old woman with gray hair appear in different windows, completely independent of each other. And later on, young Johnny saw an apparition of an old man with big white teeth staring at him. Clean, disgusting, nice, English, American-looking teeth. Don't worry there, mate. It's just me, Jimmy Savile. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing can go wrong here. (laughs) Rumbly drapes her name in the back of his record store wall. God. The incident with the old woman happened only a month into the case, and already 15 people had seen something and were convinced that something paranormal was happening in the house. That's when Playfair made the first of his hundreds of audio recordings, hiding the recorder in the Hodgson house to see if the phenomena still occurred when no one outside of the Hodgsons were present. Honestly, this is mm-hmm. where the research, their their idea of trying to get unfettered, like uh, unbiased Information that they could put down gets a little creepy. Yeah. Because they definitely put cameras inside of little girls' rooms without them knowing. But I don't think that they're creepy. I don't yeah. think that, that well, the gross whole situation's kind of creepy. I think they're sexless. I think gross <laughs> oh, and the I don't think do anything think like about that was it. going on. I, yeah. I, I actually do think they are like the sort of things that we would think, like, ah, oh, that's a that's a little creepy. Like, that's a little sexual mm. and weird. It just doesn't cross their mind at all. Well, no. they're ghost hunting. Yeah. They're searching for the truth. They're real scientists. Yeah. Well, Unemotional um, Spocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Slow down. Now, the audio on that first recording wasn't great as the family was watching Escape from the Planet of the Apes that night uh. while the recorder was going. Yeah, you well, think he's a real monkey? You think they're displaying monkeys? I don't know, mother. Yeah, look at him. You like, well, a monkey would have a monkey's face now, wouldn't it? Yeah, act this guy, act his face. Janet, you we're, are the smartest one. We're trying to get the ghosts on uh, on audio here if you want to keep it down There's during monkeys the monkeys in the tiny box in the house. Yeah, I, Really got to get rid of this box. This box showed me monkeys. It showed me wars. It's a a VHS player. Uh, Escape from the Planet of the Apes was being watched very lovely, but the knocks still 
registered. Ooh. It's very the interesting. Because it sounds like a recording of a knock is being played in the house. Mm-hmm. It's a very hollow sound. It's yeah. a, it doesn't sound like it's there. It sounds like everything's fake. Yes, it's very interesting, very and it moves around. You know, it moves from the the walls uh, to the ceiling. And what they said mm-hmm. about the knocks as well is uh, the sound. It sounded like it came from inside the walls or inside the ceiling because right above Maurice Gross, he said one time he heard a knock. Uh, the floor was carpeted right above him. The floor in the mm-hmm. room right above him was carpeted, but the knock did not sound like a hand rapping on a carpeted Maybe muffled a little, floor. It sounded hollow. It sounded like it came from inside. Possible a little rodent? Is it a rodent I knocking mean, they, on the knocking there trying that to get was in? A, that was actually uh, Peggy Hodgson's like running joke. Like she just say, well, and Morris is back. Yeah, which yeah, is kind of cute. Yeah. It's kind of cute, but there were obviously many rats in there. <laughs> <laughs> but they were trying to make it their way to America. Oh. Well, Playfair then arranged for a husband and wife team of mediums named Annie and George Shaw to drop by the Hodgson house to see if they could make some sort of contact with this thing. Sure. Annie sat down and told the Hodgsons that the spirit was most likely going to speak through her, but there was no reason to be afraid. She invited the spirit in. <laughs> And immediately let out a witchy cackle. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> pers- <laughs> I thought a fart could be funny. Too. <laughs> that's just me. And then she spat at her husband, oh. who quietly responded, I've with, been spat at by better people than you. Now look at this. Look and see what went wrong, and we'll show you how to put it right. And then Annie replied, Goza, Goza, help me, Elvie. Come here, Goza. <laughs> And this is where Dan Aykroyd got the name Gozer from. It's really? true. Because yeah. he's brought up this book, This House is Haunted, several times. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. He is us. Yeah, he is. I, lo- is I love Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, he is hilarious. This book came out in 1980, and, you know, and around, like, and he started writing the Ghostbusters script around this time. Ah. Of course, like, Dan Aykroyd just, I mean, he just eats this stuff up. He loves, just, it. He loves paranormal There's stuff. And gr- he said himself that Gozer is where they got it from because I, they wanted yeah. something that had some sort of real world connection. He totally believes in aliens as well. There's a documentary where he's talking about aliens. Unplugged on UFOs. Um, but then is- he talks about how he just like slept through it. He's like, I didn't get out of bed. <laughs> he did. And that's the whole story. But it's like, get out of bed. You're he's- an alien <laughs> aficionado. He's tired. Anyway. So George described Gozer as, quote, a nasty piece of work, a sort of black magic chap. Cool. LV, on the other hand, was said by George to be an elemental, which is a lower form of energy that does all the day-to-day ghost stuff for higher powers. A lot like what the greys do in the alien world. Yes, and oh. also sort of like what Slenderman proxies do, and when they're not being just bent over a fucking bench <laughs> while like Slenderman I don't think we need to get into this creepy pasta, erotica <laughs> pasta. sit around their hall right. while they scream wondering if that they can That was last. It. We don't need to revisit the horniness of the last episode. But it is really interesting that, you know, like there, there's so many um, connections between the ghost world and the alien world. I've been saying this for fucking years. Yeah, like, I know. And I will everyone who's into them it. are divorced, yes, uh, unhealthy, the truth. Uh, their drinking problems are developing. <laughs> because I realize that at some point at some point, I will have to abandon you, my friends, my yeah. family, mm-hmm. and go somewhere and really get to the bottom of the UFO scenario. I know I will do that. I, I know I will get to the bottom of it. did you do that Monday night? We had but, a little campaign event, and then you just slammed a bottle of whiskey, and I can't even imagine what you said to yourself in the mirror. I was watching the Defiant Ones. I was watching Dr. Dre and being like, I'm like him. 
We're gonna <laughs> got my take over the world. Just being very confident. But no, it's obviously the uh, aliens and all paranormal activity are connected to uh, its projections of our brains. It's somewhere between another entity using us as a conduit for, to basically create them, and then that relationship is uh, completely psychedelic. But I also believe that they also have a consciousness. So mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, and people say, how do how do individuals believe in religion? Well, there you go. <laughs> So I'll slap you in the fucking <laughs> You're far away from me today on this episode. You better have to kick me. So after the session, George and Annie went about, quote unquote, healing Janet's aura. And it worked for a Good. little while at least. The Hodgson house was quiet for about a week before the activity started back up again. The bed shook, sheets were torn off the bed, and the knocks got so loud that they were heard by the Nottinghams next door. Ooh. And the classic pools of water started appearing as well, just as they had in the Black Monk of Pontefract case and in many other poltergeist cases. Cool. Then it started to get violent. Uh-oh. One night. Turn that he said, she said, boo. Uh-oh, Jim. we got Limp Bizkit in the house. <laughs> the ghost is named Fred. Fred Fred Durst. He keeps turning my hat backwards, and it is unbecoming of a researcher. One night, Janet said an apparition of an old man sat in the chair next to her bed and put her hand over her mouth and nose, suffocating her. Later, she said she saw another old man sitting on her bed. That old man looked like Vic Nottingham's father. And actually, Janet mm. had a very good relationship with Vic Nottingham's father. He was very friendly to her. And she thought that, like, oh, Grandfather Nottingham is here to protect me from the bad old man. Okay, Ooh. we're not going to get too into this. I just don't like having <laughs> the two old men fighting over the little girl. I, it's a very strange scenario. Now, yeah. I once woke up in the middle of the night and saw an apparition of my grandmother sitting on my bed. What, what, At least she was <laughs> sitting on your bed. You know what I mean? Wink. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, I don't even get the wink, but what uh, now was it your grandmother? Yeah, it was totally my grandmother. Yeah, but was it just her? I mean, I might it might have been some sort of, like it might it was either the most uh, vivid dream of my life or I did wake up one night and uh, yeah, there was an apparition sitting on my bed and it you know looked exactly or, like her. Was it she, just your grand? Because grandparents just want to be around young. She people. had died. She was she dead. was yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't mention that key. Well, yeah, element. that's a part of it. She had died years earlier. Well, Mark, why would I be mentioning my? Grandmother grandmother. sitting on my bed if she wasn't dead. I yeah. thought that was a given. Yeah, which is his no, grandmother just showed up. She's dead like, grandmother. I said an apparition of my grandmother. Yeah. But she still could be alive. No. Just in a different he part of that. dirt he Texas. That. You are just, you are, you know what? You're being an what? obstructionist. I'm not being an obstructionist. <laughs> you are. You're being an obstructionist. I am not being an obstructionist. You're sitting there. You're, 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 oh, you're being bolder. You're being a real kidney stone in the urethra oh. today. <laughs> Now, Ben, before you say to take the goddamn chair out of the room if it was causing so much trouble, Thank you. taking the marbles out, Get taking it out. all the take its coat, take all that stuff out. Playfair tried that. Okay. Yes, they are very thorough. Yes, okay, very thorough. All right. But in one of the most dangerous incidents, the poltergeist instead ripped off the iron grill from a fireplace and flung it towards little Johnny's bed, just missing his head. Almost oh. killed him. Wow. Then, not too long after, the entity tore the iron frame from the fireplace, which was cemented, cemented into brick, and bent the pipe attached to it at a 32-degree angle. And mm. if this is true, there was no way an 11-year-old girl and a 7-year-old boy could have done this. If this That's was true. Russia and maybe they were put into like a strongman competition from yeah. like an early age, which I could see it, but honestly, it was maybe a bent was pipe. If you see the picture of it, it's bent all the way back. Like yeah. It's a crazy... 
It's it's just Perhaps one of those it, yeah. uh, incidences where you look at it, where like that's not possible. A Wisconsin a farm boy might have been able to do it, but these are city folks. Yeah, these are city folks. And again, you know, that all depends on whether you believe them uh, when they say that they didn't bend the pipe. You know, you can always say, well, they just bent that pipe themselves. Did they bend the pipe? No. All right. Yeah, little kids. Bending pipes, well, shouldn't be bending. Well, pipes. I'm not even talking. I'm them. not even talking about the kids. I mean, I'm talking about like Guy Playfair and um, well, th- Maurice. It doesn't Gross. seem like, like these guys would do it because uh, they're so nerdily invested in yes. real poltergeist activity yeah. that it might ruin it for them. But we also know that know. a lot of times people will fake evidence in order to juice what they really believe. Of course, yeah, and, and they, they, or they, they think it's worth it because at least it gets their story out. Stan exactly. Romanek yeah. is the perfect example of that. Stan Romanek, obviously the UFO guy, the, the one that the Netflix documentary is oh, based yeah. on. He obviously was making shit up after a while. He was mm-hmm. uh, he faked all his YouTube videos, but the original videos he had of orbs and the things he saw, I think, are completely legit. And then at some point, but you want to sell the message, yeah. So you sure. have to, yeah, you got to juice you gotta it, fake it, yeah. Well, these incidents, these are just a few of the over four hundred that happened in the first few months. And naturally, the Hodgsons needed a holiday, so they were off to Clacton on Sea for a week to gather themselves. I don't understand where, how many times I hear stories about like the UK, like beach vacation spots, mm-hmm. and it all just sounds like places where like you sit in a, a rocking chair and you die on the beach. Yeah, you're <laughs> just cold. It's like thirty degrees out there, and yep. the beach is all rocks. Yep, just look like, at a, a pile of garbage bags. <laughs> but the night before they left. Playfair took some advice from the oldest living member of the SPR, a one Dr. E.J. Dingwall. (laughs) (laughs) I love this guy. I really love this guy. Dingwall said, if the ghost was rapping, it was time to rap back. And sometimes when you get in there, you got to throw down your dopest lyrics. (laughs) You've got to smash them with your mama jibes and jibes about how you have more money and street power than him and how your gat will fire multiple (laughs) rounds before his can. The old British rap battle. The rapping and knocking. Look at that. Your mother sits around the house. (laughs) That's kind of fun. Now what follows is an actual audio recording of Maurice Gross communicating with the spirit using knocks. One for no. Two for yes. Also, I will note, most people do say you should not actually communicate with the poltergeist because it says it encourages the behavior and things are going to increase and get worse. And what do we find out in this case? Boom. That's exactly what happens. Oh, much worse. Knock. One for no and two for yes. Are you a male spirit? One for no and two for yes. That's two. You are a male spirit. Did you used to live in this house? You did. Was it was it more than fifty years ago? Yes. Did you did you die in this house? Did you pass on? You did pass on in this house. Now why are you here? Are you unhappy? You're not unhappy. But why are you here? Is it because you want to give us a special message? No. You don't want to give us a special message. Are you having a game with me? Oh, oh right. Oh, as I ask the as I ask the question, are you having a game with me? It's through it's through the, the cardboard box and the pillow right at my face. Oh. 
Well, thank you very much. That was a very good answer. Wow, that's so cool. It's kind of cool. So literally, a box flew off the table, hit wow. him in the face, and I did you hear her in the background? Oh, crumbs. <laughs> they, oh, are, crumbs. they are a fun bunch. <laughs> yeah, that box, it flew eight feet with such a force that it made a swishing sound as it flew. And if you sit Ooh. and listen to that footage alone with headphones on like I did, mm-hmm. um, and Marcus did too. Oh, yeah. Which is good because we're Scary. all, we're the new version of Guy Playfair and, and Maurice Gross, but we're going to make it sexy. We're going to make it new. <laughs> uh-huh. We're going to make it fun. Uh-huh. But Not you, dull. You can hear that the knocks are coming from different places yeah. in a room. It's like sounds farther away and then it's closer. It's Spooky it's fun. It's fun. stuff. Yeah. Scary stuff. Yeah, and Gross and Playfair, they tried to replicate the sound of the box swishing through the air, but no matter how many times they threw that box across the little girl's room, they could not reproduce it. This is such a fun place to be a kid. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Mm. Now, the strange thing about Gross is that the activity seemed to happen around him a hell of a lot more than it happened around anyone else apart from the family themselves. In fact, it rarely even happened in Playfair's presence. Some people think that there is a connection between how much one is open to the experience and how much one actually experiences, but skeptics say that that's just proof that one hears and sees what one wants to hear and see. I believe yes. that perception's got a lot to do with it, but if you if it is really happening, though, I think what's, what is uh, the reason why he sees more activity than Playfair does is because I think Janet really sort of goes to love uh, Maurice Gross. Like, yeah. they spend a lot of time together. Like, she, because he reminds her of, he reminds him of she reminds him of his daughter mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and he's sitting there and he's doing homework with her and he's hanging out a lot and he's become like a comforting presence in the house and you could see how as she becomes emotionally closer to him it's almost like she's letting him in on more of the activity Ooh, that's coming from her own brain dangerous yeah. stuff so if the more open you are to it then the more likely it is that you're gonna see it why haven't you seen anything yet Henry I don't know it's weird you want it too much you're too you desperate. Know, I'm out there. I'm looking for it. I watch the skies uh, when uh, when Natalie has been cause Natalie been out of, out of town. So I've been alone. So I've had a lot more like they, like one You're thing I did last night. I was out last night. I yeah. um, I drank a bunch of whiskey alone again, uh-huh. and I got a bottle of white wine. And I drank most of that, and I just sat on my stoop, hmm. just looking at the skies, just looking for UFOs all the time. They just don't living come. like the woman in the notebook, <laughs> just staring at the heavens. I just trying do to that remember the past. I'm always looking looking for UFOs. Uh, yeah. I put myself in scary situations, not really. But I put right. it, you know, I look for ghosts, but they don't come. You put yeah. yourself in an ooky spooky situation. I try to. Yeah. What do you do? How do you do that? Just walk into, walk into weird spots. Mm. <laughs> now, interestingly, when the Hodgsons went on holiday to Clacton-on-Sea, mm. the only incident was when Peggy Hodgson was woken up by the sound of a dog barking coming from Janet's bed. But that mm. will only become important in part two of this series. Ooh. And when the Hodgson's returned, the activity picked up right where it left off. A sofa levitated four feet off the ground. Janet was thrown eight feet out of a chair. The entity even managed to freeze Margaret on the stairs. And she was only able to move with the help of Maurice Gross. And the way Still they, a fun house. It's not bad. But it, they said the way they described the touch was that it felt like pressure. Like it felt like a cold pressure wrapping around them. Almost like a wind tunnel wrapping mm-hmm. around them. And all of a sudden they just can't fucking move. Yeah. Ooh. And then the messages started. Peggy called out to the spirit, asking it to write down any messages it had so they could all stop with the goddamn knocking. Much to her surprise, five minutes later, she found a message on top of the fridge. It said, I will stay in this house. Do not read this to anyone else, or I will retaliate. 
Now, it is true that the paper came from one of Janet's notebooks, but Peggy stresses that she was in the kitchen the whole time after calling out to the spirit, and there was no way for one of the kids to sneak in without her noticing. The next message showed up on the living room table. It said, Can I have a tea bag? <laughs> it's got a double meaning. <laughs> well, Peggy obliged and placed a tea bag on the table. And a few seconds later, a second tea bag, crumpled and torn, appeared next to it, even though Peggy said she was alone in the room. Later that day, Peggy's ex husband showed up at the house to make his monthly child support payments. Just thrown at her with a fucking grocery bag full of pennies. I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean, so. just like, because he got, it was very uh, tense every yeah. time he showed up. Extremely tense, because. Th- this guy, of course, the ex-husband, like, he didn't believe any of this stuff. So he'd just show up, give her the money, laugh at her. A lot of times he had his much younger, much more attractive mm. new wife right on his arm. It's like a it movie right. where they're, they're just like, <laughs> like laughing at her. Yeah. She's stuck in there. She's completely broke. She's got Maurice Gross who won't fuck her. Yeah. And I mean, like, in the, yeah. like no, she's kind of hoping. I think in the little bit, too, it's being like she's also kind of attracted to Maurice Gross trying mm. to keep him around. And Maurice is just bathing in all the attention. Yeah. Could be. And he's married. You know, yeah. he's, ha- oh. he's a, ha- he's a oh. happily married. Married, married man. man. Yeah. What's she up to and during all this? The wife? His wife. Patiently waiting. Yep. Look at that. Now, Peggy, going against the entity's instructions, showed the ex-husband the message in a bid to get him to take her seriously. And immediately after he left, she realized what she'd done and apologized to the spirit, saying she hadn't remembered the last part of the message. And another paper appeared on the table that said, A misunderstanding. Don't do it again. I know who that was. That guy's scary sounding. Yeah. But it also must be mentioned that the handwriting was pretty damn close to Janet's. I think Ooh. that this was obviously, because she did admit to faking some stuff. And I that's think pretty that this intelligent was, stuff for an 11-year-old. Yeah. I think that when you're watching Beware the Slender Man, the new HBO doc, I mean, you, uh, well, I guess it's not that new. It's like a couple months old. And about the two little girls that stabbed yeah. their friend in according Wisconsin, to, yeah. To, yeah, you know, like to Slender Man's whims. The lead girl in that, Morgan, I think has the traits of a psychopath. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't buy anything that she says saying that she believes that Slender Man like, wants her to join and her, have her go to the mansion I don't believe anything I think that little kids are surprisingly capable of doing like very ornate hoaxes and very clever things and I think that this is the most innocent thing that you could do Mm -hmm. this is literally her trying to make her mom feel better like trying to like do a thing and she was she saw her mom be so upset that she just did this little joke not a joke but like be like maybe this will help her yeah Yeah. it's kind of scary though and you know if she was able to pull this entire thing off that's pretty damn good trick for an 11 year old girl oh yeah between her and Lisa Simpson I don't know who's smarter oh my god oh my well either (laughs) (laughs) well either way that doesn't explain how janet was suddenly being thrown from her bed night after night sometimes followed by margaret being thrown as well janet had also started falling into trances she would cry and scream the word mummy over and over again except she pronounced it mamai 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 just weird british nicknames (laughs) And when she spoke in these trances, it was creepy, nonsensical shit like, Where's Gober? He'll kill you. Where's Gober? He'll kill you. Hmm. Yeah, and she did say Gober, not Gozer. Interesting. And what's really interesting is that Gober is actually a French word. It means, one, to swallow whole, two, to believe easily without evidence, Hmm. or three, to take a shitload of acid or ecstasy. Seriously? Whoa. Yeah. Cool. Gobel. 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 
I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, and I'm sure people will I let me know. No, we don't, don't have a lot of French speaking yeah. people. I Although we are gonna we are gonna be in Canada. We, yeah. we can ask the French Canadians. There's gonna be but there's plenty of people that think they're very clever speaking French out Gobier. there. Gobert. Gobert. Go Gober. Gober. I just, <laughs> just want to say Gobert, and then I say Pack Attack is on the attack. Go Pack Go. Come on. <laughs> Well, Peggy even tried taking Janet to get some mental help at a hospital, especially after these trances, but nothing seemed to get through to her. The only thing that seemed to calm her or the activity down for any period of time was spirit mediums. Well, also, Peggy was anti any psychiatrist seeing mm-hmm. Janet at all because she blamed the, the son that appears to be sent away for no reason. She blames a psychiatrist for doing that to him, mm-hmm. which also then we don't like, know what he did. Well, I don't know what he did. No, I just see him with the Halloween mask on, like yeah. little Michael Myers after stabbing three or four babysitters. <laughs> it was your fault, psychologist. In fact, in the very beginning, when um, I think it was when Fallows told her that he was going to contact the Society for Psychical Research, she fainted because oh. she thought that psychical was more psychiatrists who were going to send Janet away as well. It's a whole room of them. <laughs> oh, that's Burn the room. Burn it down. Now, the second set of mediums named Luis Gasparetto and Elsie Dubugras came from Brazil. When they arrived at the Hodgson house, they first went upstairs to get in a contact with their spirit guides. <laughs> I love Brazil. It's not... It's, that's all he's got. Don't even worry about <laughs> it. I don't know. Anything that, Mexico and Brazil are very far <laughs> apart from each other. Brazil's Different. more like, ah! Is that, yeah. Do they have no, a lot that's, of that? That's Germany. <laughs> yeah, somebody. That's closer. No, it's like... I don't know. What's the name of those loud things that, that they play during soccer matches? The Vizula? I don't know. Uh, when the two Brazilians came back down, they yelled at Janet for a while in both English and Portuguese, and Janet was perfectly fine again. Now, this is what Elsie wrote about what she thought was wrong with Janet. I see this child, Janet, in the Middle Ages, a cruel and wanton woman who caused suffering to families of yeomen. Some of these seem to have come back now to get even with her and her family. That's scary stuff. Yeah. Now, both Louise and Elsie claim that Janet was an extremely powerful medium and should begin training at once to control her powers. Kind of like a Jedi. Oh. It's kind of cool. It's kind of like awesome. She should have went to Brazil. Oh. Can you imagine that? Having chosen that life instead? Leave fucking this horrible place in the UK. Go to Brazil Go to where Brazil. it's nothing but sunshine. People with their tits out. Big, oh, yeah. Beautiful butts. Beautiful and, like horror music. Men like, are very attractive. Too. Everything. Hairy, papayas. And sometimes not hairy. Yeah. And of course... Janet never did, oh. which may explain the absolutely shattered state that she lives in today. Yes, she's still around, huh? Yeah, yes. she's and only she, she's just in her like early fifties. Yeah, oh, yeah, because she was, I mean eleven in nineteen seventy seven. She okay. looks uh, not to uh, you know belabor the point. But she looks gonna, haunted. She looks. She ex- looks haunted. She looks extremely haunted at all times. Kind of tired. Yeah. But after that particular spirit healing session, Janet fell into another trance pretty soon after they left. This time, though, she started drawing pictures. Which I think is interesting because Luis, one of the Brazilian mediums, his main thing was drawing pictures, doing automatic pictures. Yeah. And it was kind of like he... Maybe she saw that and saw what he did, or that was like a thing that he he didn't do it there, but that's what he does. Well, Playfair said that they never mentioned it in front of her what it was that he actually did, that he did, because he would uh, channel like Renoir and like draw pictures in, in his style. Now, Janet... She started drawing pictures of blood and knives, awesome. or just the word blood, over and over and over again. 
The only picture with any meaning was one of a woman with blood pouring from her neck and the name Watson written underneath. And when Playfair asked Peggy if she knew any Watsons, Peggy replied that the couple who lived in the house before them 12 years earlier had been named Watson. Peggy revealed that Mr. Watson had died in the house. As for Mrs. Watson, she had died not too long afterward up the road from a tumor in her throat. Just like Janet had drawn. She's killing people with her drawings. Wow. <laughs> and that's where we'll pause. Yeah. Cool. All right. We we'll, got ourselves a real poltergeist here. Oh, yeah. We'll be back next week with the conclusion of the Enfield poltergeist. The activity Enfield only escalates. Poltergeist. It gets creepier. I think this mm-hmm. story is better than the one that was uh, talked about in Conjuring 2. There's right? more talking get about. Get the words yeah. out of here. Yeah. Get the oh, words out of here. They, yeah. They don't, we don't need Christian superheroes. Like, this is a much better <sighs> story. Yeah. All right. Maurice Gross is such a good hero. Mm-hmm. He's a genuine... Like, He's a genuine student of the paranormal. He wants to help this family. Yep. He's got nowhere to go. His wife, they, what they do with British wives when men go out to war and stuff like that, so they just put him to sleep. I don't <laughs> so know if that's like true. Hy- I'm not like sure. There's no evidence chamber. of that. Yeah. And, and wow. Guy Playfair, like, he would make a great surly sidekick. Like, he would be the sure. comic relief, a very dry humor. Yes, perfect. Yes. yes. And then Legos. Everyone likes those. Yeah, everyone product loves, placement. Like, product yeah. And that's placement product placement. For Legos, Yes. Wow. All right. So, thank <laughs> Paranormal. you. Paranormal. Paranormal. It's all coming together. Um, all right. Let's see. What do we have to do here, Marcus? We want to talk about the Patreon. Thank you for everyone who of has course. D- uh, uh, donated to the Patreon. You are lifesavers, and we love you very much. Yep. Patreon.com slash last podcast on the left. If you want to give us uh, any donations whatsoever, you know, we appreciate every single dollar. We appreciate every single donation. Uh, and if you want to see us live, yes. uh, you can go to lastpodcastontheleft.com for all of our live dates. Uh, Come watch us drink at you. It is so yeah. much fun speak, to see speak how it, drunk. Speak at them. We can we yeah. can get pretty drunk. You know what uh, I mean? Well, yeah. I want to say thank you, everyone in Nashville. We had such an incredible time. Nashville was so awesome. And that city, they call it Music City for a reason because uh, the music was incredible. I did not want to leave. Nashville I know, I was, was one actually of those places. kind of upset. We only had one night there and I would yeah. have loved like multiple. We always spend like all of our nights in like, let's the, go to Glasgow yeah. for a month. Let's go to St. Louis. And not, <laughs> not, not, not a, not a St. 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 Louis was surprisingly a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, they're always St. incredible. So thanks everyone who came out to the Nashville show. And also, uh, oh. speaking of Nashville, I want to thank uh, the guys that made the amazing poster for us for the oh Nashville show. Uh, Grand Palace Screen Printing. You can check out their work at grandpalace.us. Uh, they're going to be making more posters for us uh, at that some of the so upcoming cool. shows. They're so amazing. They made it. Uh, it's a serial killer bingo board. It is like, it's, awesome. it's just so professional and, and it's high quality. It's, it's, high quality. it's high quality. And it's the knives. Stuff. The knives, man. Yeah, thank you, Knife yes. Man. Knife Man. It's yeah. pretty Knife cool. Man. Um, Knife so Man. Follow us on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel. Oh. Follow us on Instagram. I'm at Dr. Fantasty, at mm. Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel, the number one. Number and follow one. the last podcast on the left on all of the things that are hypnotizing the American public at LP on the left. <laughs> and check out all the other shows here. Uh, check out Movie Signs with the Mads, with, of course, the very famous Pickle Girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Abel can stop after everything political. Roundtable of Gentlemen. Um, um, uh, Wizard of the Bruiser. Uh-huh. Uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. Page, Page seven. 7. You're really uh, starting to say Wizard of the Bruiser without contempt in your voice. And I, I don't. It's really nice. I'm over it's it. I'm really over life. Nice. I'm over everything. It's a. Uh, it's one of those, like, steps towards suicide nope. kind of things. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> no. I'm just joking. Um, And uh, yeah, that's it. 
haunting. <laughs> I don't know. What is wrong with you? Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Gein. Hail me. We're going to get so fucking spooky next episode, you're going to throw up. I'm kind of scared. The way that you did that go- uh, ghost voice is scary. Thank you. Not that one. That's even more horrifying. Thank you, Celestia. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Newsflash, you can lose weight like a celebrity without being a celebrity. New Glucotrim from GNC delivers serious results with a proven formula. And you don't need a crazy expensive prescription. So get on that celebrity weight loss level with New Glucotrim. Get it at GNC. 